Hello, and welcome back to this podcast series, where this time we're going to try and cover some of the things that we need to think about when we're trying to look at how good medicines are. We give out loads of medicines each day, but if we can't work out how good they are, and then explain it to people who ask, and maybe even those who don't ask if they don't run away fast enough, can we actually do our jobs very effectively? And to do this understanding and explaining, we need to have a working knowledge of statistics. Not the fine detail of how to do them ourselves, but we do need to know how to look at them and what they actually mean. So this time, we're going to have a look at methenamine hippurate, which, as a urinary tract antiseptic, has recently been looked at as an alternative to prophylactic antibiotics for women with recurrent urinary tract infections. This is possibly not the most exciting clinical topic compared to the COVID treatments or gene therapy stuff we've looked at before, though it is still very important for the people who suffer from recurrent UTIs. But hopefully the excitingness of the statistics will make up for its lack of cutting edginess, because the paper is actually a really good example of some of the things that we want to talk about, mainly because the numbers are straightforward, so easy to play with. It isn't the odds of a UTI or the hazard ratio or anything complicated being reported. It's literally just the number of UTIs a year. So because we don't have to put that much effort into thinking about what the summary statistics mean, we can put all that mental effort into slightly pulling back the curtain on the statistical methods used. So the paper is in the BMJ and has the benefit of an editorial and a rather good infographic explainer as well, which is good because it means that lots of it has already been summarised and reviewed for us already. Less work for us. The paper is by Chris Harding et al. in issue 376, and the editorial by Tammy Hoffman et al. is in the same edition. If you get a chance, have a look and dig them out and read them, because they're all actually rather good. So what was the trial and why are we looking at it? So as we've talked about before, looking pragmatically at the evidence can be done as a three-step process. Step one, is this something we're interested in? What's the PICO question? Step two, can the paper tell us what it claims to do? So this is about trial design and the quality. And then step three, what does it actually tell us? So this is about the summary statistics and other things. So step one, the population was women who have recurrent UTIs, which is something we should care about. The intervention was giving methenamine hippurate, an antiseptic, to prevent them, which sounds like something we could do. The control is prophylactic antibiotics, which is both something that we do now and something we'd like to do less of in the future to help reduce the risk of antibiotic resistance. And the outcome is the number of UTIs, which is what we care about. So overall, relevant population, relevant treatment, relevant control and relevant outcome. So we wouldn't be wasting our time to look a little bit closer. So let's look a little bit closer in step two. So step two is how good was the trial? How much confidence should we put in any of its results? So this was a pragmatic trial, unblinded, but with a fair number of people in it, 240, followed up for a meaningful amount of time. Now it isn't the gold standard of a double-blind randomised control trial, but we can't have everything, and what they did do looks fairly good. Now we're going to gloss over a fair bit of this now, because we want to get onto the cool statistics part of the discussion. So though there's loads more we could talk about here, about the relative merits of pragmatic trials and the benefits of having patient partnership in trial design, we'll probably just leave this here and move on. In summary, it looks like a fairly well-conducted trial, so what it finds is likely to be fairly reliable. So moving on to the last bit, step three, what did they actually find? This is the bit we're interested in today. So the headline is that they found that methenamine hippurate was non-inferior to antibiotics in the number of UTIs per year, which given that there's other non-clinical endpoint drivers for change, we want to reduce antibiotic use, this looks like a good thing. But this feels a little bit too easy and obvious. And if there's one rule in statistics, it's that if there's a term like significant or non-inferior that you feel you could probably understand without an explanation, you're probably wrong. 
Statisticians, unfortunately, seem to be really lazy, and rather than invent their own terms, often nick a word that means something to normal people already, and then reuse it for something similar but subtly different in their world. They're a bit tricky like that, and glancing at the statistics might make you start to be suspicious that this is the case here. Methenamine hippurate was found to be non-inferior, but in 12 months, people on antibiotics had an average 0.89 UTIs, whereas those on methenamine had 1.38, which is more. And the 90% confidence interval for how many more UTIs are you likely to have on methenamine compared to antibiotics was 0.15 to 0.84. Notice that the whole of the 90% confidence interval is north of zero, so methenamine would be described by any normal passing non-statistician as worse, but it's still considered statistically non-inferior, which just feels wrong. So how does this weirdness happen? Well, for statisticians, non-inferior means something very particular, and this trial is really helpful to uncover what this actually means, because it's described in non-statistical language. The key thing here is that there's something called the non-inferiority margin, or delta value. Basically, this is how much worse could the intervention be, while still being thought of as the same as the control. So how is this delta value picked? Well, that's a really good question, and it varies between trials. In this trial, it's really nicely spelled out. It was determined in partnership with patients, and they just did it in raw numbers of UTIs rather than anything opaque like odds ratios or similar. And they chose one UTI a year as their delta value, or non-inferiority margin. Basically, if methenamine allowed on average less than one UTI a year more than antibiotics, it could be judged as non-inferior. In the trial, it was thought to allow between 0.15 to 0.84 more UTIs a year, so Tradar, non-inferior, despite, at the same time, looking like what normal people would call inferior. So, the important take-home message is that statisticians are weird. No, it's that non-inferior in a clinical trial really means no more than X amount worse. And unfortunately, it's down to you to determine whether you think that this is a valid non-inferiority margin, because there is some concern that delta values, the X amount worsiness of it, might possibly sometimes be picked in a way to make non-inferiority easier to prove. So for this one, there's no argument with the process, which had patient input and everything. But is the delta value of one more UTI a year an appropriate level? Would you care if you had one more UTI a year? Well, the baseline median number of UTIs before treatment in this group was 6, so you could feel that the difference between 6 and 7 UTIs a year is fairly marginal. In this case, the margin of one extra UTI probably feels fine. However, after treatment with antibiotics, the number of UTIs went down to, on average, a little bit less than 1. So in this case, does having two UTIs a year feel non-inferior to only having one still? You might feel a little bit less confident about the delta value now. So what can we say about this trial? Well, in their trial of women who averaged about 6 UTIs a year, both antibiotics and methenamine reduced this on average to around 1 a year. Antibiotics a little bit lower, methenamine a little bit higher. These numbers are quite similar, and methenamine was considered statistically non-inferior to antibiotics. With the added benefit of potentially reducing antibiotic use, and so antibiotic resistance, although this wasn't actually seen in the trial, this treatment looks like it's worth exploring further. But aside from the clinical question this trial tries to answer, it's also a really good trial for exploring interesting things about trial design, and for having a go at critical appraisal yourself. We've used the trial now to have a look at statistical non-inferiority and what that means. But there's also the open-label nature of it, the pragmatic patient-partnership design, and the use of bootstrap statistics to determine confidence intervals. And if you thought non-inferiority was statistical witchcraft, bootstrap statistics will blow your mind. 
Plus there's loads of other stuff as well. So it is definitely worth digging them out and having a read and then also reading up around the edges. And remember to have a look at the BMJ Explainer infographic thingy that accompanies them as well, because it's really quite useful. So I think we've covered pretty much all we can in a short podcast, with a focus on non-inferiority and what it means. Remember that statistics are really good, and you can do very clever things with them, but you do need to be careful that you understand what you're reading. Because familiar words are used for very precise, subtly different purposes compared to how you'd use them in real life you need to be really cautious of false friends in the statistical language. So that's it. Hope it's been interesting and hope to see you next time.